Hey, FreshBooks fam. Before we get into the show, I'm here with Twyla Verhelst, who is the head of FreshBooks Accountant Channel and leader of the Accounting Professionals Program. She's going to be leading an awesome webinar called From Firm to Fintech, a candid conversation with Twyla Verhelst and Will Lopez from Gusto. This is going to be an action-packed webinar. And here's Twyla telling you what you can take away from the event. The biggest takeaways that people are going to get from listening to the webinar is hearing what it's like being an accountant and working with small business clients. What are we hearing for feedback inside of the industry? Just really diving into kind of a candid conversation that is exploratory. It's going to be fun. It's going to be interactive. And we're just going to talk all things accounting, all things fintech, all things client-focused to kind of do a catch-up call. Before we get into the show, click the link in the show notes to join Twyla and Will for this exciting webinar. You'll thank me for it later. Welcome to the I Make a Living podcast brought to you by FreshBooks, the number one cloud accounting solution for small business owners and their teams. I'm your host, Demona Hoffman, and I'm one of you, an entrepreneur who is all about relationships, actually quite literally. But let me ask you this. What is your Myers-Briggs personality type? I know everyone knows it. And if you're listening to this podcast, did you know you're highly likely to be one of the five entrepreneurial personality types? ENTJ, ENTP, ESTJ, INTJ, and ISTJ. Those are the stats, folks. According to Myers-Briggs Type Indicator Research, those personality types have two very specific characteristics in common. They get along well with people and they make decisions based on facts and evidence so they have no problem going against the grain or taking big swings. The entrepreneurs we're featuring today are no exception. These two traits happen to be at the core of how they run their business. I'm talking to Stephanie and Kalani Hubbard, the husband and wife team behind Galaxy Visuals, a video production company based in Brooklyn, New York. Here they are telling me how they make a living. We do video production. So all kinds of videos from corporate videos all the way to TV shows. We do everything from script writing, from concept all the way to filming and post-production and final delivery. So we do it all. If it's video, we've done it. (laughs) That's how we make a living. And you've been doing it for a while, Kalani, I understand. Yeah, yeah. I've been doing it for about 15 years now. You were like 15 when you started, right? I was 15. Yeah, yeah. I'm 30. I'm 30 now. (laughs) I mean, I wasn't trying to do age math or anything, but (laughs) that's pretty profound to start in the business that you ultimately launch a career in at the age of 15. Stephanie... For those that don't know you yet, you're also married to Kalani. Did you marry into the business or was this something that you always had a passion for as well? I actually married into the business and developed a passion. I always had a very entrepreneurial spirit and I was first a hairstylist, went to cosmetology school, was doing my own, you know, booth rental freelance style, self-employed hair and makeup, absolutely loved that career. It fit me very well. And after Kalani and I got married, I continued to do hair 
but then started helping him with the logistical producing, keeping track, invoicing side because he was so busy filming and editing. So I jumped in to help him with that. And then when we moved from California to New York, I ended up converting to doing full-time helping with video production, which I absolutely love. I really fell in love with video production and getting to tell a story and being able to watch it and being able to affect the world around you in such a great way. And I feel like my skill set as a hairstylist did kind of translate over because it's very much a people person job serving others and making them have a better day. I still get to do that. And I also get to do hair and makeup on set from time to time too. So it's very fulfilling work for me. I was going to say that your hair looks fabulous. So now I understand why. <laughs> and I really believe that every experience that you have leads into the next and you use everything. I'm curious because at the beginning, you really delineated roles, it sounds like. You were really the production management side and Kalani was more of the creative side. But now it sounds like you're doing a little bit of both. How do you keep from stepping on each other's toes when you're working together as a couple? Yeah, I think it's kind of one of those things where, you know, it's kind of we're better together. You know, I think in areas where I'm thinking of a project, Stephanie has such a great creative mind who can come in and help take that to the next level. And I think vice versa, you know, when she has a project she's ahead of, I can come in and help her in some creative areas as well. So, yeah, I think it's really cool. I, I definitely think we're better together and we go further together. You know, it's just been really cool to be in a creative field and work together and see how being married could actually be a, such a great advantage. And then when you get home from work, it's like we don't have to explain the entire day to each other <laughs> either. <laughs> so that's kind of nice too. <laughs> so it's cool. I'm sure some of our listeners are not necessarily in a creative field or maybe don't think of themselves as creative. I think we're all creative. We can talk about that in a minute. But I bet they can relate to what you've done in growing your business and having to develop client relationships because you've really worked through the gamut of types of media. You've done commercials, you've done social media ads, you've done now a TV show on Amazon Prime. So can you talk a little bit about attracting new business or developing those relationships so that as a production company, you're able to sustain yourself and continue to grow? Definitely. I think that the way that we've attracted new business the most successfully has actually been referrals and word of mouth. Nothing goes further than one client telling another person, this is who does our video. And I think that's so important to keep in mind as you work in this industry. You know, we have clients that we absolutely love working with, and we have other clients where, you know, maybe we had some different viewpoints on how it could have gone or however it works, you always want to serve that customer. You always want to be a joy in their life. You always want to bring them value. And keep in mind, you know, maybe we don't end up working with this particular person again after this, but they could, at the end of the day, we want to make sure they only have great things to say about Galaxy Visuals and working with us and be recommending us to other people as we go along. So that's one important way of getting clients, getting new clients, is just treating every single client the way you would want to be treated, you know, back to that simple golden rule. But it, but client referrals are really, really important. Do you ever ask for a referral or ask someone to be a reference or do you feel like the work just speaks for itself? 
More so, our work has basically just spoken for itself, and we have developed a reputation, but I think that especially in this industry, there are a lot of people who can film and edit and do a great job. So it's not necessarily just the work that we're doing, but it's what the experience is like working with us. Was it a huge headache? Were we not listening to them when they had their revisions? Was the process very sloppy? Were we bad at getting back to them? Or were we on it, always following up, making easy processes for them and their experience? So at the end of the day, you could have two different production companies that are capable of making the same video for the same price, but one was a wonderful experience and the other one was a terrible experience. So it's not just that we're providing great videos, but we're providing a great experience with getting that video created. Your business is your legacy. When people think about working with you, how do you want to be remembered? I can personally endorse how great of a team Stephanie and Kalani are to work with as they have filmed our events in the past. They connected with the FreshBooks team originally at one of our OG networking events. You see, before I Make a Living was a podcast, it was a series of live events. And before the live events, FreshBooks hosted private dinners with customers in various cities. And they were brave enough to show up and meet new people. People always ask me as a dating coach how I can apply those dating and flirting skills, right? The pickup artist skills to business. So my advice is always just show up, be yourself, but be bold and be willing to be brave. Because usually when you go into those settings, everyone is a little bit nervous and most of the people are there by themselves or maybe with one of their colleagues and they're all feeling the same thing. And somebody has to be willing to break the ice if anything is going to happen. Do you have any sort of a networking philosophy when you're going into an event like the client dinners from FreshBooks or ultimately the I Make a Living live events, which will return one day? Do you have any advice for people in networking in situations like that? Yeah, I do. I would say I'm kind of the queen of small talk and the ultimate icebreaker. And a a lot of what comes from that is asking myself, what's the worst that can happen? If I walk across the room up to a complete stranger, say hi, introduce myself, tell them I make videos, ask them what they do, give them a business card, the worst that can happen is they don't like me. Seriously, fathom the worst that could possibly happen. They say, you're annoying, go away. Okay. You know (laughs) what I mean? Like, that didn't not so bad. <laughs> not so bad. Really when you look at the big perspective of life, not so bad. So when you really put it into perspective of like what's the worst that can happen, it's a risk worth taking, you know, as a business owner, I'm always thinking ROI, risk versus reward, cost risk analysis, you know, walk over and introduce yourself. It the worst that can happen is not so bad. The best that could happen is absolutely an unlimited potential. You don't know who that person is. You don't know if they're your next big client. You don't know if it's somebody that you work with over and over and over again, or they introduce you to somebody else that you end up working with over and over and over again. So I think when you're in a networking or social situation, or nowadays with COVID, it's sending an email or making a phone call, compare what's the worst that could happen to what's the best that could happen and go into it with confidence, knowing that it's going to have a great ROI. Mm-hmm. You brought up COVID, obviously. We we can't ignore it. And I know you're in Brooklyn and New York was hit very hard early on by the pandemic. How have you adapted your networking and process for developing business relationships now that we can't 
go to a networking event or see people face to face in a business meeting? I think that in all situations, when things change, there's always ways to adapt. And I think as a business owner, you have to adapt or else you'll eventually die, right? And so in this situation, you can't just wait until there's another event because you don't know how long that's going to be. But there's also new opportunities that wasn't there before. And I think the internet is a wonderful place that has completely been opened up to new opportunities in this whole time. You know, so now instead of networking with people who just live in your own neighborhood, now you can network with anybody anywhere in the world and people are actually really open to it. And so I think there is a really cool new opportunity that might not have really been much of a thing before. So Mm -hmm. I think it's really about finding things online where people are hosting digital events and actually going to these digital events, even if it's not anywhere near you. It's that's kind of the cool part. Uh, I think telecommunicating and, and all that stuff is a very cool thing that has become the norm. I think it's just something that I think would have happened in the future anyways, but I think we've really embraced it very quickly as the world, really. So I think that brings us new opportunities, and that's pretty cool. As we said at the beginning of this episode, great entrepreneurship takes more than just good relationships. You build a business when you bring something big to the table, like a new idea to surprise and delight your client. So there's this project. It's on our website. It's a commercial that we did. And so the request was, we want to show off our ticketing software. They have this software that sells tickets to events. That was basically it. And I was like, okay, great. So she was like, let's just show some of the interface and, you know, maybe have some nice music and say a little bit about our company at the end of it with some text or something along those lines. And the big swing was, if you see on the website, it's we set up a whole white room and we had props and all these things. And we ended up creating this whole like fun world where we had a host walk into this white room and then all of a sudden it turned into a museum. And then the museum ended up transitioning into an office space. And then she stands up and then the office space is a different place. And so I really took it to like this completely different, more grandiose level. And the client absolutely loved it. And it was nothing that they really asked for. But of course, I I wrote a script and I said, hey, here's what I'm thinking. What do you think of this? And because we had worked with each other before, she was like, you know what, that's actually pretty cool. Let's give this a shot. And at the end of the day, they absolutely loved it. So yeah, it really, really paid off. And now we have a really great video that we're extremely proud of. And the client has something that was bigger and better than they could have even fathomed. So I think that really really paid off. And it was a fun one to work on. (laughs) That's so cool. That's so cool. And it sounds like you're really thinking beyond just what are the specifics that the client gives you, but what is the goal that they're trying to achieve? And what's the feeling that you want their customer to have at the end of the day? Exactly. I'm curious in a situation like that, when you then dream up the big concept and then the budget grows in accordance with that new take, do you get pushback in situations like that? How do you justify the additional cost when it wasn't originally part of the scope of work? Yeah, that is a great question. So it really comes back to just having conversations, you know, like not being afraid to say, I think this concept will serve you best and having them 
not be afraid to say, well, I like it, but can we have it fit within this budget constraint? Having those open conversations with your clients and landing somewhere where everybody's happy. You know, so the budget does get a little bit higher, but at the same time, we're working within their constraints. You know what I mean? So I think that at the end of the day, they might have paid a little bit more, but their product is so much better. And because of that, they're getting so much more customers from it. Mm-hmm. And so it's more about what is the goal of this video? How can it capture people in the right place and give them the right ideas and leave a lasting impact? But yeah, the budget could potentially go up or maybe not. Maybe we just... It never goes down. But... <laughs> it never goes down. Yeah. But, you know, thinking through their budget constraints and being creative together, you know, is always really good. So I love that. So having a business that is centered around media production, how have you navigated the pandemic and managed to continue to stay in business and continue to output content? Navigating COVID was a lot of taking things one day at a time and not wasting a day. I didn't want to look back at this period of time and go, wow, I really wasted all of that time waiting around for things to come my way. But we stayed very active and stayed very proactive. Luckily, we had filmed our TV show View and Chew in the fall of 2019. We traveled to seven different cities across the U.S. and filmed with a famous YouTuber, Mike Chen, all over the United States eating food and seeing different sites right before COVID happened. So it was the most ideal timing and we got extremely lucky and we're very blessed. So we were working on the post-production for that, the distribution for that, learning the new landscape of distribution and figuring out how to make that profitable while COVID was happening and while everything was shut down. So that worked out really well for us. And that is an additional source of revenue now. But at the same time, like you're saying, we needed that source of revenue from corporate and client and commercial and documentary to still be coming in. And so we have adapted and adapting is extremely important and extremely key. Before Galaxy Visuals was all about we film and edit because when people send us footage that we edit and the footage is terrible and then people look at us and go, why this video turn out so bad? And we look back at them and go, well, because we didn't film it. We can only do so much with something we didn't film ourselves. So we used to have a policy that we would film and edit everything ourselves. And now obviously we've adapted and we're open to people sending us footage. And we've also adapted to our employees are working from home now too. So that affected our post-production process and we had to revamp that as well. So there's a lot of adapting that's been going into this, but we are also trying to network and reach out to people and letting people know that we do this service now. They can send us smartphone footage and we can take that edit to the next level with our ability to do graphic design and motion graphics and audio and color pass and everything like that to bring it to the next level than if they would have just edited it themselves. And for your employees, it's a lot of pressure, right? Running a business and having something like this happen and then having all these people. It's not just the two of you that have to make it, but you think about all of these people that are under the Galaxy Visuals banner. How have you communicated with them throughout the pandemic? How have you been able to manage the distributed workforce 
in production? And are there any like communication tools or processes that help you keep that workflow moving along? Lots and lots of Google Hangouts and phone calls. <laughs> Those are extremely important. And then just, you know, before all of this, we had systems and processes that we set up. And our company relies on all of our systems and processes. And so it's really just continuing with those things. You know, we use a tool called monday.com and we have all of our video production processes all set up in there. And it's like, we can see at a glance who's working on what, how far they've gone. And when there's questions, somebody can tag us. We have a culture of just chatting. We use Google Hangouts. The company culture is just like always in communication. We're able to really continue without much interruption in that sense. You know, it is a lot harder in a lot of ways to have that creative collaboration. That's always tough. It's always nice to be sitting next to somebody and kind of putting your heads together and getting creative together. But, you know, at the same time, we've, we've just adapted and we're making it work. So mm -hmm. yeah, lots of apps and lots of systems and processes will get us through it. I know some businesses have talked about continuing to be remote after all this is over, but we're definitely not on that side of things. As soon as everyone can come back into our studio, that's what we want to do. I mean, I know technically they can come back, but we want to wait until everyone feels comfortable with it. But as soon as everyone feels comfortable with it, we do prefer to all be in the same room because we love collaborative environments and morale boosting. And, you know, when you're in a creative space, there's nothing quite like just being in the same room and bouncing ideas off of each other. Let me just say, I'm so tired of video chats. I really miss working in a studio with real people as well. Also, over the course of the last six months, my house has slowly morphed into my son's personal Legoland. <laughs> Y'all don't need to see that. I'm sure there are plenty of parents out there who can relate. While I'm trying to get a little distance and personal space from my son's creativity, Stephanie's eagerly awaiting the day she can get back to her baby, View and Chew, her very own TV show that she and Kalani have produced and released on Amazon. I had the idea for View and Chew when Kalani and I were on vacation in London and we were riding on the top of one of the big red bus, open top buses, doing a tour. And while I was on the top of that bus, I just thought, I love the view from up here. I think this is so much fun. And how cool would it be to do a travel show where I get to ride on one of these buses in all the places that they exist? So the beginning of that show was me reaching out to Big Bus Tours to see if they would partner with us in the creation of the show. And they said yes. And so they were able to supply a bus for us in all of the cities that we went to. So that was the beginning of the show. And as we were talking about, I'm so thankful that I have Kalani because I told him my vision of the show, which is people ride on buses around cities and it's fun. And he took it and he ran with it and he took it and he made it so much better and cooler than I ever could have thought. And he's the one who found Mike Chen as the host and he's the one who named it View and Chew and he's the one who who really took it to the next level. So technically it's my brainchild, but really it wouldn't be what it is without him. And it was our collaboration that had us come up with the idea for the show. I love that. You two really feed off of one another's energy and you bring in ideas and the other person just continues to grow and add on. It's so beautiful to see you working together. Before we go, I always ask my guests for the last 
or best piece of advice that you either gave or received? I recently received a ton of great advice from reading the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And one of the things that I learned from reading that book is when you want something and you think the thought, I can't afford it, you turn your brain off. But if you want something and you think the thought, how can I afford that? You turn your brain on to creativity and to problem solving and to thinking of a way that something can be done. And we wanted to make our own TV show. We needed to figure out a way to fund that. And instead of thinking, I can't afford it or I could never afford it, we thought of how can we afford this and make this happen? And so I just want to encourage people in their entrepreneurial journey, if there's the next step, the next thing that they want to be able to afford or be able to do, never let yourself think things like, I can't afford that, but rather, how can I afford that? Or that will never happen, but rather, how can I make that happen? And when you open yourself up to those possibilities, your creative brain will come up with a solution and you'll be able to problem solve much better. Oh, that's such a great piece of advice. I use it even with uh, my daughter when she runs into a problem. She's 10 and I tell her, look for the solution, look for the solution. So thank you for that flip on that. I think staying positive, especially in these times, is the most important thing you can do. Um, Kind of to piggyback off of what Stephanie said, If you're saying I can't or if you're just kind of doom and gloom, you're just going to kind of shrink back, get scared and not think of solutions. But if you stay positive, you're able to see opportunities, maybe even new opportunities that didn't exist before and be able to act on those and be creative. And being creative doesn't necessarily mean being a movie director or a screenwriter. Being creative means being an entrepreneur and being a business owner and saying, what opportunities are there that I haven't thought of before and actually going after those things. And so I think staying positive in these times is so important. I love that Stephanie and Kalani have such a positive outlook and a loving approach to their work relationships. This is what makes them such successful entrepreneurs. Even if your Myers-Briggs isn't one of those five entrepreneurial types, just focus on their one big takeaway. Look for collaborative solutions and build good relationships. Together, we'll survive 2020. Also, as a dating coach, I do want to remind you not to put your Myers-Briggs in your dating profile. Nobody cares. All right, here are a few more takeaways from Stephanie and Kalani. Don't be afraid to expand your wheelhouse. The next time you have a big idea, go for it and get creative about bringing partners on board who also see your vision. Let the work speak for itself and focus on your customer relationships. A good customer experience will have them coming back time and time again. There's no such thing as a waste of time. Every single job and experience you've had up until now has brought you right here and you are all the much wiser for it. Check out View and Chew on Amazon and make sure you leave them a five-star review. And if you're looking for a video and audio production company, Stephanie and Kalani at Galaxy Visuals are where it's at. You can find them at galaxyvisuals.com. This podcast was brought to you by FreshBooks, the number one cloud accounting solution for small business owners and their teams. We have so many tools to help you financially during this challenging time. Check out the exclusive offer that's just for you, our podcast listeners at freshbooks.com slash I-M-A-L. Again, that's freshbooks.com slash I-M-A-L, which is short for I Make a Living. 
Our audio engineer and composer is James Morris. Our associate producer is Leo Shell Villanueva. Our producer and director is Paco Erzmendi. And I'm your host and producer, Demona Hoffman. Why don't we build a relationship? You can connect with me on all of the socials at Demona Hoffman or at DemonaHoffman.com. And remember to get out there and make some new friends because it's your business. See you next week.